This Wellness Coach Podcast is brought to you by our brand new Facebook group called The Wellness Couch Tribe. Come join us and chat about any episode at any time. Keep up to date with all our events and connect with a like-minded group of wellness enthusiasts. To join The Wellness Couch Tribe, simply search for The Wellness Couch Tribe on Facebook. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Flourish with Elise Comerford, where we hear real stories from everyday people that will encourage and inspire you on your own health journey. Hey guys, welcome to this week's quick tip where we're going to have a chat about nine factors for healing and having a healthy and hopefully long life. Um, So this is something that you could probably tell from if you follow me on social media, some posts that I've been doing in the past few months and even the quick tips that I've done so far for this podcast. They haven't been so much based on food, but more based on lifestyle factors and, you know, what's really important when it comes to living a long and healthy life. And as I've said in the past podcast that this is a lesson I've learned for myself. I've really honed in on the food side of things. I'm a nutritionist and a GAPS practitioner. Um, So I've been down that path of being so focused on the food side of things that I let everything else slip. And now I've come into this really nice balance where I see food as being a piece of the pie um, and that we really need to be looking at the whole picture. So The way I work with my clients has changed through my own experience with that and seeing that I had the food perfect. I had was taking, you know, really good supplements and had food as as good as it could be and my health was still declining. And that's because I wasn't looking at other factors in my life that have a bigger um, or just as important impact on our health as the food side of things. So Health for a human is a whole picture. There is not just one aspect to focus on and we really need to be looking at all the areas and the best way we can do that is by looking at people who have either spontaneously resolved chronic diseases that they perhaps the medical system thinks that they should that shouldn't have happened well not necessarily that shouldn't have happened but they didn't think it was possible for that to happen and also people that are living in areas where they are living the longest and the healthiest with the least amount of chronic disease. So what I find really interesting is that the two areas I have been looking into, they have both come up with nine factors. Those nine factors are slightly different, but I find it really interesting that both the areas I've been looking into in terms of taking a holistic view on our health and all the factors that lead to being long-term healthy and free of chronic disease, um, that yes, they've both come up with nine factors. So first, I'm going to talk about radical remissions. So if you haven't heard of a radical remission, um, basically what a radical remission is, is when someone recovers from a chronic disease when perhaps the doctors had given them a few months to live and they thought it was incurable. So an example would be stage four cancer that's been diagnosed as terminal um, and then they go in, they, you know, change some things, some things in their life. They go back in and get retested and that cancer's gone and the doctors are left scratching their head, not knowing how that's happened. So that is actually something that um, is, a, I wouldn't say a common occurrence, but it happens more than we think it does. 
And someone that I've really been looking into um, her work is Dr. Kelly Turner. And she has a website called radicalremission.com. Um, and so she is a doctor and she has been, um, well, sorry, she has a PhD um, and she has been researching people who have had radical remission. So she has gone and interviewed 1,500 people um, that have all had these radical remissions and their cases all over the world and figured out what the factors are that they are following that leads to these radical remissions. So she found over 100 factors of the things that they seem to be doing and she's found that there are these nine healing factors that seem to be common across all these people. So she's kind of done her research and come down to these nine factors that seem to be the most important factors um, that contribute to these radical remissions. And so what's really interesting about this, um, what I found most interesting is the fact that these factors are not wholly and solely based on the food side of things. So um, as you probably guess with uh, the angle I've been going at this from, that it's not all focused on food. So the nine factors that Kelly Turner found to be the, um, you know, the ones that were prevalent with all of these people that seem to be the factors needed to, um, in order to lead to this radical remission were finding strong reasons for living, taking control of your health, so you taking ownership, not just, um, you know, leaving it into the hands of people around you, uh, radically changing your diet, following your intuition, releasing suppressed emotions, so working on the emotional side of things, anything you might be holding on to, increasing positive emotions, there is ample science supporting the fact that outcomes are better, immune systems better, um, that our whole body functions better when we have more positive emotions. Taking herbs and supplements, deepening your spiritual connection and embracing social support. So they're the nine things that Dr. Kelly Turner found were the most important things that people were doing that were then having these radical remissions. So I find it so interesting that only two of those factors have anything to do with food. So taking herbs and supplements and the radically changing your diet. And they didn't say to what diet. Um, it wasn't to any particular diet. It was just radically changing your diet. And if you have been diagnosed with cancer and you're radically changing your diet, it's obviously going to be to something healthier than what you were doing before. Um, and when it comes to deepening your spiritual connection, there was no certain spirituality that was better than another, no religion that was better than another. It was just having some kind of spiritual connection in whatever way that resonates for you um, and embracing social support. So we know as well there's ample science for that, that people live longer and healthier when they have good social support around them. So it's really interesting to look at these factors and start looking at your own life and your own health journey and see where you might just be focused on one or two of those areas and then there's these other factors that you could be focusing on that can improve your outcomes with whatever you're facing. And I know that what Dr. Kelly's re Dr. Kelly Turner's research focuses on is 
um, remissions from cancer. But I see it as these factors seem to be what you can do to improve your health. So if it's something that people are doing and they're recovering from something like stage four cancer, then imagine a healthy person bringing in these factors into their life and what we could be doing for our long-term health. Um, so it seems that the humans, the human body is functioning better and the immune system is functioning better when we're following these factors. Um, so if you want to have a look at Dr. Kelly Turner, you can find her at radicalremission.com. And so the other area that I was looking into is you will have heard of the blue zones. So the blue zones are areas in the world where it has the highest rate of people living over the age of 90 and over the age of 100. Um, so when the blue zone studies were done, the areas they found to be um, the, the five places that met the criteria of being those blue zones um, were Barbagia, which is a region of Sardinia, Icaria in Greece. I might be pronouncing these wrong, but that's okay. Um, Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica and Seventh-day Seventh Adventists, um, which the highest concentration is around Loma Linda in California and Okinawa in Japan. So these are the air, some, there, there can be other blue zones, but these are the five areas that were identified in the blue zone studies. And in the blue zones, so what they did was they studied these areas, found that people were living the longest in these areas, and then assembled a team of medical researchers, anthropologists, demographers, and epidemiologists to search for evidence-based common de denominators amongst these places. Um, and they found nine. So the nine factors they found to be the most important factors were, one, to move naturally. So... It's very popular these days to go and do um, different kind of exercises like working out at the gym, running marathons, um, you know, doing F45 or CrossFit. And people that live the longest, they don't go and do this kind of exercise. They just live in an environment where they move without really thinking about it. So they're out in their garden, they're doing work around their home, they're doing work in the community. Um, they walk everywhere. So there is just that natural movement going on for them. Um, number two is having purpose. So this is this is similar in the nine factors that Dr. Kelly Turner found um, that finding that reason for living. So it's finding that purpose. And we all know we feel better when we have a sense of purpose. So it doesn't mean that we necessarily have to find this all-encompassing purpose of this, you know, really big, important life that we have, but it can just feel that sense of purpose within the life that you're living. Um, number three is to downshift. So this one really sits well with the message that I like to share, um, and that is to reduce stress. So we know that stress leads to chronic inflammation, and that's associated with every major age-related disease. So what the people that live the longest, they, um, they, can, they do activities throughout the day to help reduce stress. So for some people in certain religions, that will be prayer. Um, the Okinawans, they take a few moments every day to remember their ancestors, which is really beautiful. Um, and other people take a nap in the afternoon, which I think is fantastic. Um, and you'll like that the Sardinians do happy hour. 
Um, so that's a good one as well because, yes, in the blue zones, they do drink um, alcohol in moderation. Um, so, yeah, so taking that downshift, finding ways, you know, everyone experiences stress on some level, but the problem is that in our Western society, we just stay in this constant state of low-grade chronic stress. And so it's just about finding ways to reduce that or shed it. Um, I love in, um, if you've ever read Eckhart Tolle, um, his book, A New Earth, he, I'm not probably not going to say this exactly how he does, but that's okay. Um, he says, tells this story of when he was sitting at a pond and he saw um, two ducks kind of swimming along and one duck got a bit too far into the other duck's space and they started to have a bit of a fight and so they had a little bit of a fight. That, that ended and they swam off and as they both swam off, they stopped and just shook themselves off and he said it was like they were just shaking it off and then they just both went on peacefully with their day. You know, they're not then floating off going, oh, that duck, you know, he was just getting in my space. You know, they just shook it off and they let it go. Um, so that's, you know, we have something to learn from ducks about just shaking things off and letting them go. So number four is the 80% rule. This is a really interesting one. Um, to only eat until you full eight, feel 80% full. So rather than we often eat till we feel 100% full, um, eating till we just feel 80% full. And that 20% gap between really filling ourselves up and feeling full um, as in, and just to rather than that, just uh, that 80% just getting us to that point of not being hungry, um, that could really be the difference between losing or gaining weight. So, um, so yeah, that's a really good one to follow. It's so common to overeat and then we can end up with plenty of digestive issues from that if we're not leaving room in our stomach so it can actually mechanically digest our food. Um, so number five is eating plenty of plants. So this one is pretty much across all of those blue zones that they're eating plenty of plants um, and that's mostly makes up the basis of their diet. So that still does include meats and fats as well, but just taking the kind of Michael Pollan approach to things. Michael Pollan is an author and he states, eat food, not too much, mostly plants, or it might be in a different order that eat food, mostly plants and not too much. Um, and it really does ring true that we're sticking to those whole food, whole food diet um, with plants being the basis of the diet and really good quality grass-fed meats and good quality fats as well. Um, it's interesting to note in all of those five blue zones that were listed, they do have quite different diets. So some in Japan, that there's a lot of um, soy in that diet. Um, I think it was in Costa Rica, there's corn and different things in the diet as well. So it's not even like there's one specific diet being pinpointed there, but that it's based on whole foods. So number six is wine at five. So people in all blue zones, um, except the um, Seventh-day Adventists who don't drink. So people in all the other blue zones drink alcohol moderately and regularly. So, um, and they found that moderate drinkers outlive non-drinkers. Um, and the trick is to drink one to two glasses per day, preferably Sardinian Cannonale wine. I probably said that wrong too. And it's with friends or with food. 
Um, and it's pointed out here too that you can't just save that up all week and drink 14 drinks on a Saturday. So I'm sure that one goes without saying. Um, so coming from a non-drinker, perhaps I need to look at maybe allowing myself to have a red wine at, at five every day. So that's really interesting that the moderate drinkers actually outliving non-drinkers. Uh, number seven is belonging. So there is some kind of um, belonging to some kind of faith-based community or just some kind of community. And they've really pointed out that any kind of religion, it doesn't seem to matter, that it's just having that sense of belonging to some kind of community. Um, and they did actually find that um, attending faith-based services four times per month will add to four, add four to 14 years of life expectancy. So that's really interesting as well. Um, so number eight is loved ones first. So people who are the Santarians in blue zones do put their families first. Um, and that means that keeping parents and grandparents nearby or in the home, and that actually lowers the rate of disease and mortality rates of children in the home, not only increasing the, the life expectancy of those parents and grandparents as well. Um, I, I love the fact that having the grandparents look after the grandchildren actually increases the life expectancy of the grandparents. So that's when I can really throw up my parents when I ask them to look after my son. I'm actually doing you guys a favor. Uh, and number nine is finding the right tribe. So um, being in good social circles that support your healthy behaviors. Um I, I think it's really beautiful that Okinawans, they create groups of five friends um, that committed to each other for life. I just think that's beautiful, having those lifelong friendships. Um, and, and so, yeah, basically, you, you know, you, you, what's the saying? It's something like um, you'll most like the, you know, the your closest friends around you or like the four people that you're closest with is what what's going to kind of rub off on you. So it does really have an effect to the kind of people you have in your life and shaping that kind of health behaviors that you have in your social network networks. So finding that right tribe that have that similar attitude towards a healthy life um, as you do. So again, what's very interesting there, there was only a couple of points there that had anything to do with food. So number five, doing a plant-based diet. Um, number six, having the wine at five. And number four was that 80% rule of just not eating too much. Uh, but all the others were having to do with, you know, moving naturally, purpose, downshifting, so you're not having so much stress in your life, finding a sense of belonging, putting your family first and finding that right tribe and having that good influence of people around you. Um, so you can see, looking at both of those, the power nine, as they call it, with the blue zones. Um, and in radical remissions, it's called the nine healing factors. So when you kind of look at those and see what we need to be focused on in our lives, there's so much more we can be doing. And um, that's really what I'm trying to get across with my clients now and trying to bring that into my own life. And I honestly have noticed such a big difference when doing that. So I hope this helps you guys. Um, if you want to, I gave you the website for Radical Remission. I will put it in the show notes as well. So bluezones.com is where you can have a look at the blue zones. And it's not about getting it all right, 
but it's about just understanding these factors and seeing how you can start shifting things. You might just pick one at a time to start changing, maybe changing your social circle, maybe focusing more on your family and just start changing those things one at a time and see the health benefits that you notice. And if you'd like to share any of them, I'd really love to hear it. So thanks for listening. Um, If you haven't heard out my other podcast yet, you'll see that once a fortnight we have the quick tips and on every other week there is a half an hour interview talking to one of my clients or sometimes not one of my clients with their healing story. So the Flourish podcast is really about sharing real stories of healing. I am a GAPS practitioner. I am well known for that, but it's not the only healing stories that I share. So if you have any kind of healing story, I'm open to chatting to you and sharing any of them. So just send me an email at hello at elisecumberford.com. And yeah, jump on and listen to some of those stories. And I hope they inspire you guys. And I'll see you next week. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Couch podcast. Did you know we've launched a brand new Facebook group where you can chat about any podcast you like with a tribe of like-minded people? The group is called the Wellness Couch Tribe and it's an inspirational digital meeting place to connect you to like-minded wellness lovers just like you. To locate it and come join us, simply search for The Wellness Couch Tribe wherever you enjoy Facebook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.